previously on Winglings, M and I headed to the Tulip Kingdom in search of Femrir Nightcast, the Zaxlin Forger. Femrir put us to the test, and let's just say I didn't pass. Apparently, I need to be more true in heart and always ready to serve. Emerald passed with Flying Pixie, of course. The Forger happily made her Zaxlin, which broke into two sister blades. We immediately had to put them to use as the tulips were attacked by the Luna Queen and her minions. We fought valiantly, but there were too many of them. We were captured along with my shadow stones. Just before I passed out from the Luna Smoke Curse, I saw that the minions had found the shadow stone hidden in the Tulip Kingdom. And now for Episode 5, Sails of Smoke. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. Dressed in his menacing spiked armor, Timothy Toad leaped up onto a log lookout and watched as his army of minions tore through the Sunflower Kingdom. He struggled to hide the displeasure on his rubbery face. Tim had always loved the Sunflower Kingdom. He and I would fish Emerald Creek and eat sunflower seeds for hours during the summer. I could feel his anger building as he watched his minions tearing through the yellow cone homes teetering atop the giant flowers. Some of the flowers reached up to the branches of the trees, and their green fuzzy stems were nearly as thick as the branches themselves. They dotted the golden prairie and leaned over streams and ponds. Canoes painted for the Festival of Light lay smashed on the shores. Leaf banners and pixie lanterns on strings that had been hung for the event were now torn down and lay trampled upon the ground. The tall, kind sunflower fairies, with their yellow wings and yellow-petaled hair, huddled in groups at the base of their flower stems, holding each other and crying. Their queen, Queen Raylan, with her tiny sunflower crown, fluttered from family to family, lending her pixie and trying to comfort them. There were too many minions for her and her soldiers to fight off. She huddled with the family and they all glowed together. Then she glared up at the toad. Timothy touched his shadow Zaxlin. Can you feel the power rising? The Zaxlin hissed. I feel it, Tim croaked. The stone is buried under one of these flowers. Have them chopped down. All of them? Tim looked down at his enormous spiked sword. These flowers are hundreds of years old. We can dig around them. They come down until we find it, the blade said. The stone is worth far more than an ancient flower. 
When it is found, we will add the Sunflower Fairies to our army and push on. Timothy squeezed the sword's handle and looked out at the families. Many of them had young children. The Sunflower Clan was known for its large families. Their community was strong in number and spirit. What about the children? he asked. They are just as able to serve. Those who are consumed by the dark at such a young age serve the longest. They become the most devoted minions. What is the matter? Do you not want to become the most powerful dark one this realm has ever seen? The toad croaked. I do. He let go of the sword. Margaret? One of his dark fairy captains flew over and bowed. My lord? I'm sick of all the blubbering. Take the sunnies for a swim. Right away. The sunflower families and their queen were led over to the darkening ponds nearby while hardles hacked away at the giant sunflowers with their black axes. The seashell-shelled turtles took great pleasure in chopping at the stems. They cheered with every snap and thunderous boom of a fallen sunflower. To Tim's relief, it didn't take long before one of the hardles shouted, I found something! With one giant leap, Tim flew off the log over several rows of minions and landed next to the hardle. Show me! With trembling, scaly hands, the hardle held up a large black sunflower seed he dug out from under the fallen flower. Timothy's tongue shot out, wrapped around it, and yanked it back into his hands. Looking it over, he reached down and touched the shadow blade at his side. That's it, came the sword's voice to his mind. Break it open. All eyes were on the black seed. Tim tossed it in the air, unsheathed his axlin, and aimed it at the seed. Whack, boom! A bolt of lightning shot from the sword and sparked off the seed. Pieces of burnt seed fell to the ground, and Tim caught the stone as it fell. His rubbery hands closed around it. Darkness shadowed the kingdom. A deafening minion cheer shook the sunflowers, but it was all just muffled background noise to the intoxicating power the toad felt surging through him. The spots on his green skin grew larger and darker. Opening his eyes, he smiled at his army and announced, The shadow spreads! Another earth-shaking cheer. Tim clipped the shadow stone into his Zaxlin's blade next to the other captured stones. There were still empty grooves around them. He held the blade up for all to see, and as he did, a voice in his mind said, No one can stop you. The minion army packed up and readied to push on, shoving and prodding their newly recruited sunflower fairies, who appeared paler and almost gray as they stepped into the ranks. Timothy touched the shadow stones on his blade. Are we close? He croaked. His voice echoed through Pixie, traveling far over the prairie, over the forest, across the sea, into the captain's chambers of the Luna Queen's ship. She stood, holding a shadow stone herself, her black-gloved hands closed around it, 
her eyes closed. We will be there soon, she replied. I have more stones than you requested. I trust this will satisfy our agreement. You will help me capture them when the stones are delivered? Of course, Timothy's voice answered. Servants of the dark always receive their reward. The Luna Queen looked pleased. I will be taking my Lunas to hunt them down, and I expect the full support of the Shadow Army. You will hunt with however many Lunas are allotted to you, Timothy snarled. You are still in the service of the Dark One, and it is my orders you will heed until you have been released. The Luna Queen's old pale face wrinkled with bitterness. What next, then? We combine the stones, grow the army, and march on the Rose Kingdom? Other arrangements have been made with the Roses, Timothy said. The army will grow until all creatures left in the kingdom have no choice but to bow to it and embrace the dark as their one and only source of pixie power. All will be minions in the eyes of the Dark One. The Luna Queen clenched her jaw. I want to know what the Shadowblade thinks of all this. Timothy went silent. The Luna Queen continued. What says the wise Shadow Saxon of the Lunas not being able to carry on their business independently? Why can't we serve our time and pursue our own path? Furious, Timothy Toad squeezed his sword's handle and listened to the council. It says that you will serve as long as I deem it necessary. The Lunar Queen's frown deepened. Very well. Do you question my authority? The Toad asked. I question nothing. We will deliver the stones and decide our next steps then. Queen Annabelle, the toad's voice grew stern. You're not to lay a finger on your prisoners. I will see to them myself. Understood? Understood. The queen set the black gem on the table, breaking the connection. Down in the dark hull of her ship, Em and I sat in a locked room. A single lantern swayed on the wall, casting long shadows. There were no windows, and yet I could smell the salt of the ocean and hear the cries of seagulls outside. They'd taken everything from us, our packs, our zaxlins, the shadow stones, and yet a small piece of one of the stones remained in my pocket. In the Luna's haste to search me, they must have missed it. I could feel it like a small lump of ice against my leg. I wondered where the Lunas were taking us. We were lucky to be alive. I'd heard stories of fairies not waking from the smoke curse. I got up and paced the room. I told you not to attack, I said. Em got to her feet. What were we supposed to do? Sit there and watch those poor tulips get terrorized? The light willed it and I followed. Light willed? Em, look at us! How are we supposed to stop Tim if we're trapped in a lunar ship at sea, separated from our weapons? Light, what were you thinking? That we'd take on an entire army ourselves? Why not? Em folded her arms. I scoffed. 
What do you mean, why not? We're only two fairies. Two pixie-wielding fairies, M corrected. Why couldn't you have just cast your famous no spell and vaporized a lot of them? I scrunched my face. My no spell? That's right. I've heard the stories. During the Great Battle of Emerald Creek, it is said you screamed no, and a great wave of pixie destroyed most of the Dark's army. One single spell. Where was that back at the Tulip Kingdom, huh? I shook my head and pulled my hair back. That, that was different. I was full of so much pixie from the willow, I nearly exploded in a poof of light. I could have died doing it. But you didn't. So why didn't you try it again? A spell even half so powerful could have gotten us out of that predicament. You have to have an abundance of pixie to pull from, M. In case you haven't noticed, everywhere we go now, the shadow's thick in the air. The dark pixie back at the Tulip Kingdom was almost suffocating. You know, you felt it. Even now, there's little light about us to summon. M thought for a moment. She chewed on her lip and braided her hair. Maybe we need to stop focusing on the dark pixie around us and find a way to change the dark to light. What do you mean? I mean... M was now the one pacing the room. If the dark strategy all along has been to change the light to dark, we need to try and do the opposite. It must be possible. I thought about it for a moment. She was right. The dark had been effectively converting light to dark throughout the realm. Bursley from the Dandelion Clan, Queen Clementine of the Fruit Fairy Clan... These were fairies who I'd never dreamed would utter one word of support for the dark. And yet, they had embraced it. They had become minions themselves. If that was possible, who's to say we couldn't find a way to cast some light into the shadows? Even if that were true, I said slowly, I wouldn't know where to start. Well, what have Ma and Pa always taught us about the light? It starts from within. Mother Moon speaks to our hearts and minds and teaches us to first summon the light within ourselves and it will spread to others until we all glow brighter together. Mother Moon, I rolled my eyes. M held up a finger to stop me. Our hearts and minds will. In other words, our thoughts and feelings. If we dwell on hateful, angry thoughts and feelings, we will be filled with darkness and spread darkness through our actions. If we think happy thoughts and focus on the good, that could help spread the light. Light attracts light. You've been reading too many of the Mother Moon scripts. You've been reading too few. Come on, sit here. M sat cross-legged and pulled me down in front of her. Let's join hands, close our eyes, and open our hearts to good thoughts and happy feelings. Maybe we can change some of this dark pixie after all. Am changing dark pixie? Honestly. Will you just try it? We have nothing better to do in here. You yourself said that pixie wielders can combine their pixie power. I can think of no better cause. <sighs> I let out a long exhale. I guess. M grabbed my hands and looked into my face with her piercing green eyes. You have to believe, Will. 
We've channeled Pixie together already, remember? I don't remember it, but I've heard all the stories. You cast so many spells through me when I was a fairyling without even realizing it. The light has already linked us. It shouldn't be too difficult for us to channel it together. Ready? I closed my eyes and took deep breaths. Ready. We sat across from each other, holding hands in total silence. It helped that the room was already dark. There were fewer distractions. I tried to drown out all noise. The muffled laughter of the lunars on deck. The creaking of the ship. At first, when I opened my mind, darkness quickly crept in. Thoughts of Timothy and his army. Thoughts of the lunars attacking the tulips. The swarms of black bees. The fires. The drums. I focused harder pushing the dark back by picturing bright, white nothingness. As I did, I could feel my heart slow. My breaths grew steady. I thought about Emerald Creek in the spring, how the birds sing in the mornings, and the grass around the trees and creek would grow so tall and green you could hide in it. I remember hiding in it when I was a fairyling, playing hide-and-fly with my little toad friend, Timothy. Timothy... My best friend had lost his parents when he was so young. He stayed living in the little mushroom house by the pond, largely because of our family. The winglings took him in, fed him, and treated him like one of us. Unfortunately, I couldn't say the same for the rest of our clan. I remember having to stand up for him when the other daffodil fairies would pick on him, calling him Frumpy Toad and Rubberface. We'd often have to run off together and play by ourselves. Little Tim would play it off like it wasn't a big deal, throw in some goofy joke, but I knew it bothered him. I remember seeing him cry one morning in front of his house when I went to pick him up to go fishing. He looked miserable. Are you okay? I remember asking. Startled, Tim quickly wiped away his tears and forced a smile. Course I'm okay. Just got a gnat up my nose again. Shadow crept into the scene. Timothy grew taller before me. Clouds passed over the sun. Black spiked armor wrapped itself around my best friend, and his expression looked both angry and desperate. No, I pushed the shadow back. The sun peeked out from the clouds, and Timothy was just little Timothy again. Something warm tingled into my hands and traveled up my arms. As it did, the scene in my mind brightened. Flowers started to bloom all around me. Hummingbirds zipped over the water. I heard laughter in the fairy homes. You have to think brighter thoughts, Will, came Em's voice. I can barely feel you. Emerald. My thoughts turned to fighting the bungabow when Em was just a baby. Trying to protect her. Trying to protect myself. Icy cold dark feelings filled my chest. Come on, Will, Em's voice called. Will! The memory of little Em saying my name for the first time flashed through my mind. I laughed. I thought about how the only thing cuter than her bright little fairyling face was her laugh. I remembered her giggle every time I said the word jelly. Do you think that's funny? Jelly? Jelly, 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 jelly. I tickled her belly and she laughed. 
bright, happy feeling warmed my chest. The scenes brightened in my mind. Pixie prickled our joined hands. I pictured our family laughing around the dinner table as Da impersonated a grouchy gnome. I remembered Tim and I trying to catch a striped bottom hogling with a net, only to have it drag us through the mud. I reminisced about my training with Magborn, and relived the first time I summoned Pixie and was filled with its radiating light. I remembered praying to Mother Moon as a fairyling with Ma by my bedside, and feeling a warm feeling like our home was one giant blanket. The hairs on my arms stood up, my goosebumps. I could feel the pixie floating around us in a warm mist. What is going on down here? A voice screeched. Em and I opened our eyes. We were both glowing, lighting every corner of the room. I looked at the Lunar Queen who was standing in the doorway, shocked. She breathed a powerful smoke spell to dispel our light. Em and I coughed and let go of each other. The glowing stopped. The room darkened. But the warm feeling in my chest remained. I was filled with hope, with courage, with light. It worked. The Lunar Queen slammed the door behind her and walked calmly toward us. I see I'll have to separate you two. I was surprised by how human her appearance was. By most measures, she looked like a normal, older woman. If it weren't for the tight black dress and the bat wings poking out of the back of her head, I would have never guessed there was anything Luna about her. Compared to her frail, goblin-like Luna soldiers, she looked almost pleasant. Almost. With a wave of a gloved hand and a whispered spell, a rope of smoke wrapped itself around me and M. Despite looking like only thick, rippling smoke, I could feel a strong cord holding me down. The great duo themselves. The Luna Queen's old, pale face smiled. It was obvious she tried to make herself look beautiful with her long, black and grey hair brushed back over her shoulders, and a dark makeup perfectly accentuating her eyes, cheeks, and mouth. But nothing, nothing could polish the stain of the dark. When I went hunting for the Tulip Shadowstone, I never could have dreamed I'd catch a couple of royals in my net. Just my luck. Her face darkened. You've slain many of my tribe, Willem Wingling, and a Luna never forgets. Is that why you inflict pain on others? Em said, struggling against the smoke rope. You Lunas once suffered so you see it fit to make others suffer with you? Once suffered? The Luna Queen stepped closer. Lunas are in a constant state of suffering, you petulant little girl. Outcast, cursed, robbed of our lands, forced to wander, to hide, to serve masters of all kinds. You pixie royalty know nothing of suffering. You sit in your cozy little palaces, slouching in your thrones, yawning and planning what you'll eat at your festival of light feasts. Em shifted uncomfortably. Not all fairy royalty is as lazy and out of touch as you claim, I said. You didn't catch us eating grapes and being fanned with gumbo leaves, did you? The Lunar Queen glared at me. 
Where are you taking us? I asked. To Tim? The Dark One? Yes, I am. I smiled. Good. We've been looking for him. I appreciate the escort. The Lunar Queen scowled. This will be no escort, King Willem. And I can assure you that when you are taken before the Dark One, you'll wish we had destroyed you back at the Tulip Kingdom. We'll see about that, I said. What is Tim doing with the stones? I will be asking the questions. The Queen whispered another curse, and the smoke thickened in the air, giving the room a deeper chill. Just to be sure you can't grasp at enough light, Pixie, to do anything stupid. Dark Pixie hovered over us, like a cold cloud about to shower us with a blizzard. Where are the Pixie Knots? She spat, as if mentioning the P-word were a curse word itself. The Pixie Knots? I haven't seen them in years. You're lying. You know where they are. They're helping the orchids evacuate again, aren't they? They heard I was coming for them, and they fled like cowards. I have no idea what the Pixie Knots are up to. If they are helping a clan at the moment, the orchids would be a good guess. Winnie and Oliver are close. She would want his people to be protected if they got wind of Timothy's spreading army. I went for it. Is that what Tim's doing with the stones? Using them to strengthen his army somehow? The Lunar Queen scoffed. Strengthen his army? No, the Dark Pixie that floods the realm is taking care of that. The stones are for the Toad himself. With each one he finds and adds to his Shadow Zaxlin, his powers grow. I was surprised she'd given the information so willingly. I leaned into it. So if you were the one keeping the stones for yourself, you could be the all-powerful Dark One instead of him? The Queen's eyes narrowed, and for a split second, I could see a faint red glow behind them. If I were in possession of the stones, I would be the most powerful Dark One to shadow the realm. The Toad is but a shadow of the shadow. Why do you seek him? I mean to stop him, I told her. He was my friend, my best friend. The queen suppressed a laugh. You think you can talk him out of acquiring the greatest power in all of Faridom? It'll take more than an old kinship to break the poisoning curse of dark pixie power. What if you can't sweet-talk him out of conquering the clans? Well, then... Then, I looked down. I finish it. The queen raised her eyebrows, pleasantly surprised. You mean to put an end to the Dark One all by yourself? I've done it before. I glared up at her. The queen smiled. You certainly don't lack the confidence it will take to get the job done. Who knows? Maybe you will succeed. But then, it may be you that takes up the mantle of the Dark One. I have no taste for burning the realm down. I'd much prefer to enjoy it. The Queen's smile broadened. We may one day be of service to one another, 
King Willem, the dark has a way of getting what it wants. And the light has a way of dispelling all darkness, M chimed in. What is your business with the pixie knots? She tried to change the subject. It is unfinished business. Does it have to do with the orchids? I asked. It has everything to do with the orchids. It is as I said, a Luna never forgets. There was a loud bang on the door. Enter, the queen shrieked. A hunchbacked Luna burst into the room, looking horrified. A ship, your majesty. There's a ship on the horizon. The queen frowned. Have you been able to make out the sails? Not yet, but it is following us. Man your stations. Be ready for anything. The queen followed the Luna out of the room, but stopped in the doorway and looked back. Be careful what you wish for, King Willem. The dark only has one true master. Itself. The door slammed shut. Em and I listened to the frantic footsteps on deck. The Lunas were preparing for battle. Who do you think it is? Em whispered nervously. Could be Tim, I said. I suppose we'll know if we hear their frightened shouts turn to cheers. Up on deck, Lunas were flying from station to station, loading the black cannons and aiming them out over the water. Spiked cannonballs were stuffed down their gargoyle-tipped muzzles. The Luna ship was black and menacing. Its masts were covered in sharp black thorns and topped with cages for the lookouts. The dark sails looked to be made of fuzzy batwings and appeared as though they were smoldering, leaving a trail of billowing smoke behind them. A bat-winged gargoyle head adorned the front of the ship where a cannon was pushed out its mouth and ready to fire. The Luna Queen flew up to the bow just above it and grabbed the bone spyglass out of the hunchbacked Luna's hands. She held it up to her eye and looked out over the water. Through the eyepiece, a ship came into focus. She studied the mainsail. It wasn't black. It wasn't covered in smoke. It didn't bear any color of any fairy clan for that matter. No... The sail was a single giant leaf. Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings. I hope you liked that ending. Oh, man. I'm excited for the next episode. It's going to be really cool. 
I want to thank Roxanne Webb, my mom, for helping edit this story, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. And I want to give a special shout out to Gianna, Kaylee, and Trinity from Maryland. Ah, thank you so much. I love this. Three sisters listening to these stories together. Oh, music to my ears. I've got three sisters, and they're pretty awesome. So I love imagining three sisters listening to these stories together. So cool. Thanks so much, Gianna, Kaylee, and Trinity for listening. You guys are awesome. And your mom, Lauren, thank you. I know I haven't done this in a while, but I want to share a couple of reviews from Apple Podcasts. This one is from My Paper Heart 05. It's five stars. Best Kids Podcast says, my son who's seven is obsessed with the Purple Rocket Podcast. Parentheses, okay, I am too. <laughs> I finished listening to this week's new episode even after he got out of the car so I could find out what happened before I got to work. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. He loves Camp Dino. We've listened through it probably three times in between the new show episodes. We are so excited for the Rocketeer Club to start up and we'll be one of the first subscribers for sure. I can't wait for his excitement when I tell him there are two shows happening at once. Oh, love it. Cool. Thank you so much for that review. And I love the feedback I'm getting about the Rocketeer Club, about the excitement. Obviously, it hasn't launched yet. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, it will have launched. I've just been trying to figure out this last feature on the website site so that you can do a gift subscription to your friends and family. And it's been a little uh, more involved than the program had anticipated. So we're getting that worked out. Hopefully it's done, but awesome. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited that you're excited about it. Uh, there's another review here from Audrey and it says the new winglings is so good. I'm super excited for more. Can you also do more Camp Dino? Thanks. P.S. Me and my sister will be joining the club once it comes out. Can't wait. Sweet. Audrey, thanks so much for your review and thanks for your excitement and joining the club. I can't wait, like I said, to launch this and have Norb going at the same time and have the improvised bedtime stories I tell to my kids up there for you guys to listen to. I need to add some more to that, but there are over 20 of them already. And I'm going to launch Norb with the first two episodes and then alternate every other week. I saw some reviews about wanting to hear more spacey stories. A lot of you got super into Space Train, which is good because Norb is definitely a spacey story. It's a, it's a fun space opera. It's epic. It's very exciting. So anyway, that will be available at the launch of the Rocketeer Club. So I hope... You guys can give it a chance, and together, especially over these first few months of launching the Rocketeer Club, I want to be able to get your feedback and try to fine-tune things. I want to make it the best it can be and make it a great listening experience for you all. So anyway, thank you so much for your support, Rocketeers, and for this awesome feedback. Keep it coming. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review on Spotify. You can shoot an email to purplerocketpodcast at gmail.com. However, Facebook, I don't care. Reach out if you have questions or if you have some feedback. I'd love to hear it. So thanks again. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.